1: Good
0: afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to our special new time slot of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Thursdays at 12 noon. Thank you for tuning in. Um, uh, We did a a special show the hour before for those of you who weren't listening yet, but now we're into our normal time slot. Yes, this is our new time slot, no longer live on Mondays um, due to rather schedule changes and different things happening. We've moved to Thursdays at 12 noon. So let's get started. I have my quotes of the day. I'm going to Reread them. I did them last hour, but some of you probably missed them. And I know you love our quotes of the day from the universe and from Abraham. So let's see what Abraham and the universe have in store for us today. First, from the universe It's as if you're pounding on the massive doors of the kingdom of your wildest dreams. At first, lightly, even respectfully, then losing patience, louder and louder. You pray you plead, you beg, you cry, you ask, you wail, and just on the other side of the door, your faithful, adoring subjects silently writhe, some quietly crying, all intensely feeling your frustration and loneliness, Yet they remember all too well how, on the day you left, you made them swear not to ever open the door so that you might discover for yourself that it was left unlocked. I hate when that happens, the universe. Ah, We love our quotes from Mike Dooley in the universe, I think. Very funny quote, I think trying to remind us that we're the ones with the key, right? We all come up against these things and we think like, oh my God, how am I ever going to get this open? How is this going to happen? And we think like, oh no. And it turns out that actually we left the door unlocked. As a matter of fact, we have the key, but we don't even need the key because we created the door and we created the lock. So it's really just up to us to open the door and just move forward. I love the universe. Let's see what Abraham has in store for us today. We want you to understand that you are a powerful creator and that you have the ability to be or do or have anything that you desire. But you have got to begin by creating a vibrational atmosphere or a vibrational climate or a vibrational nucleus. Make yourself the vibrational starting point. When you start, in a gentle place of non resistance. Jesus called it meek, as in the meek shall inherit the earth. When you are in this place of soft, non resisted vibrational well being, everything that you desire will come into your experience, Abraham. And so this quote is what I just spent the last hour talking about, which really is about being so easy on ourselves, being gentle. We're so hard on ourselves about so many things, but really the key to bringing more of the stuff that we want in our lives to manifesting more of what we want in our lives is about being gentle with ourselves. It's about lining up vibrationally with our heart, taking care of ourselves, and knowing that we are all doing the best that we can at the time, and if we could do better, we would. I know sometimes it's a little tough to really swallow. But ask yourself, if you could do better in this situation or that situation, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? Of course you would. Well, I hope you enjoyed our quotes from the universe and from Abraham. Um, If you wish, I will be posting. uh, I'm not sure. I may save that, that extra little hour I did just before I talked quite a lot about them so you can look up I'll probably label that show something under self-care you can look it up where I talk much more in depth about them so I hope you enjoyed our quotes of the day I will have more quotes of the day for you next Thursday at 12 noon eastern time yes in our noon time slot so now it is my pleasure to bring our host our guest excuse me on Laura Bonarigo Bonarigo God, I'm I'm usually really good with names. Bonariga. Laura is a certified life coach and certified divorce coach. Uh, Laura helps you understand what's going on during the divorce process to navigate decisions and to create a new identity. She's been through the process more than once. She knows the... Really? More than once? Oh, my God. We got to find out how many times. And she knows the terrain between being married and being single isn't for the faint of heart. Laura has an international clientele and currently lives here in New York City. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Laura.
2: Thank you. It's great to be here.
0: Wonderful to have you. And for those of you who want to see how gorgeous Laura is, we're also periscoping. My first periscope. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Too. I'm so thrilled. So I hope you guys um, just, uh, I, 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 I actually don't even know. I guess you have to follow me. Um, it's under my personal handle, which is at Sam Leibowitz, at S A M. L-I-E-B-O-W-I-T-Z. But please come on board on Periscope and join the fun. So welcome, Laura. How are you today?
2: I'm great. Thank you.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. Thanks for coming in studio. I really appreciate it. I always love when I can get my guests in studio because I just, you know, I mean, by the phone, I understand when people are at a distance, but when you're in studio, it just makes for such a a fun time. So I have to ask you,
2: Mm.
0: how many divorces have you had?
2: Right. It's such a great question. Um, Because, I mean, you're an
0: expert at this. I am an
2: expert at this. I have been through three divorces.
0: Ah, three. Mm -hmm. Okay.
2: I was a child of divorce.
0: Uh Aha. Okay. That's one.
2: It's a different perspective when you think about your children going through a divorce. Yes. Because they do go through a divorce.
0: Absolutely.
2: And so that was my first.
0: I
1: see.
2: My second, I married uh, my first lover. Ah. I was a really, really good Catholic girl. Ah. And so by the age of twenty three I wore the big old scarlet D.
0: Ooh. Wow. So you got a pretty young divorce. Pretty huh? young
2: divorce. And then I was married to my children's father for fifteen years. And ah. went through five years of uh divorcing him.
0: Wow. Five mm-hmm. years of it, jeez. <laughs> You know, it's funny because I've heard so many horror stories and I've heard some actually really good stories about divorce. I actually knew a guy, Richard Cruz from California, who, who ran some school and He had been married and divorced five times.
2: Oh, my goodness. Five times. Five
0: times. And he said they were all very successful marriages. I love that. Because he said that he pretty much they were all amiable divorces. That's great. Which I thought was like amazing. I thought, and this guy was so cool. I mean, I think he had been in the Marines when he was young and married and at different times. And it just, he had a very interesting view of divorce. And, you know, we have a tendency to think like divorce is a failure, Mm -hmm. but it's not really, is
1: it?
2: I think that divorce is a modern day rite of passage.
1: Ah.
2: And I heard someone, I'm quoting someone, I'm sorry, I don't remember who the author is or the... Maybe somebody wiser. Let's just say this person is wiser than I am. (laughs) And he says that there are no bad divorces because Mm. divorce doesn't happen in a good marriage.
0: Ah, interesting. Interesting. Do you think people get married for the wrong reason and that's why they end up in divorce?
2: I think there's a lot of wrong reasons around Uh. marriage. I think that we we do it by default. And yeah. even if we think we know what we're doing, doesn't mean our partner's on the same page.
1: Right.
2: And our culture doesn't... I mean, we teach people how to drive. Right. We teach people how to perform surgery or put on braces, but we don't right. really teach people how to marry. That's and right. And we definitely don't teach people how to divorce.
0: Yeah, and we don't really teach people how to be in a deep relationship. Certainly. You know, and, and that and that we don't even really give people a good understanding of how relationships change over time
2: we don't hold that in context we expect people to sort of stay this imaginary projected idealized idea of what marriage is supposed to be Mm -hmm. you know we can sort of blame the media and Mm -hmm. the culture on those ideas fantasies
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and the hormones that's bring us into relationship are really, really strong. Yeah. So we can't necessarily fault ourselves except that we're just not prepared.
0: Right. And and like I said before, right, we're doing the best that we can.
2: I think we're doing the best we can.
0: And, and if we choose to marry somebody and it turns out not to necessarily be a good marriage, we made that decision the best we could at the time.
2: We did. I often will add a little piece to that. Mm-hmm. And that is becoming really true to yourself and to listen to your intuition
0: yes. before marrying. Oh, absolutely. And, and I know many people who it's like, they said like the day before they were getting married, they knew it was a mistake or the day after they knew it was a mistake. And they still ended up getting married and, and stayed married for a while, even though it wasn't good. But I still say we did the best that we could at the time because... If we ended up going through with it, even though we kind of knew we shouldn't have, there was some lesson for us to learn Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Right? Because, Absolutely. Because if there if there wasn't, we wouldn't have made that choice right. and we would have turned it around.
2: That's right. And, and that's why I also call divorce a modern day rite of passage.
1: Mm. Be-
2: only because of the sheer numbers.
1: Yeah. There's oh something
2: God. in it, in the experience, through the process. I kind of liken it to... Um, An orange. Mm -hmm. So an orange is whole. You cut it in half. You've got two pieces. You take that half an orange and you put it through an orange juice squeezer. (laughs) At the end of the day, it's no longer an orange. It's something totally different. And when people go through divorce, if they've done their work well, they come out of the process a totally different human being.
0: Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you do learn a lot about yourself in the process, don't you?
2: One would hope. Yeah. Not always.
0: <laughs>
1: Hence the statistics
2: on the second marriages Herbages are pretty right. high as well, <laughs> <laughs> if not higher. But my intention is to help people come out of the experience, a greater, grander version of themselves.
0: Good. Wonderful. Wonderful. Are the. I mean, I know the common statistic was like 51% of all marriages end in divorce. That's an old number. Is there, have you seen any updates to that? Has it changed at all? Has it stayed the
1: same?
2: Well, in the 1980s, early 90s, that was the peak of divorce, and it was definitely around 50, 51%. I think what they do statistically is maybe. It's really 46, 47, but because of margin of errors, we basically say Uh, half of all first marriages, 75% of all second marriages.
0: 75%? I didn't realize it was that high. That's
2: why I want people to do their work. (laughs) Whoa. And 85% of all third marriages. Wow. It just gets worse
0: wow yeah wow that's like (laughs) that's like really like you you know it's like like you make the same mistake over and over and over again and like the more times you do it the worse it gets
2: well i just you you know the thing that we don't recognize which i found huge it was a huge eye-opener for me is it really takes time to do the transition. To end the marriage, to stay in that horribly uncomfortable, mm-hmm. no man's land where you're trying to question everything and you're looking at everything and you're lonely and you're unhappy and you just, you want to distract yourself from all the stuff that you have to go through.
1: Right. And
2: then you can create something new. And that transition time really takes between two and seven years after the divorce decree is signed.
0: Wow. Wow, two to seven years to really sit with it, and we don't like sitting with it. We don't like
2: sitting with it, and we don't respect the time.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. All right, um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to just kind of dig into your background just a little bit more, just so we can give our audience some context, and then we'll continue on uh, how to... uh, um, go through that process of creating that new identity. I really want to talk about that idea of creating a new identity. That sure. orange juice being so much different than the orange. So Everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and my guest is Laura Bonarage, Bonarigo. Thank we'll be right back.
3: You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
0: And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're talking about relationships and particularly what happens when they fall apart, aka divorce. And just to remind everybody listening, we're also live on Periscope. So you can see my beautiful guest um, live on video, my first Periscoping, first video of my shows. Yay. So, Laura, um, you didn't, I I mean, uh, even though I guess you were the the daughter of divorced parents, you didn't like start off life thinking, oh, wow, like I really want to help people go through divorce when I grow up. D- did you? No. <laughs>
2: Never in a million years.
0: Ah, so so so, how did you start off and, and how did you end up going and specializing in this area?
2: It's so funny because I certainly wasn't conscious of it. But now that I look back, I kind of realize that everything that I've ever done is pushing me in this direction. It just feels mm. so authentic and it feels just feel so right. And I think that it's because I've always been fascinated by people. You know, I'm an Mm -hmm. actress by education and experience. Ah, Okay. So, and certainly after my first experience of going through divorce as an adult, I, I, Put myself through the transition period, lots of personal Mm. growth work, therapy, courses, programs, Mm. really trying to understand the human condition and understand who people are Mm. behind the facade. And that's right. my acting training as well. There's a, a real desire to understand
0: Right, right. Because as, as an actor, you really need to understand like w- what makes the characters do the things they do, want to do the things they do, and really kind of get under the skin of the character, which means you really have to know human beings really well.
2: Yes. So, understanding humanity, understanding what it means to be a human being in this day and age was a real right. passion of mine, is still a real passion of mine. I've studied with many, 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 many teachers, many programs, many teachers. And then certainly through my divorce, um, I've done a number of different things. When my children were very young, I Mm -hmm. coached moms on how to feed their kids. Well, Ah, I just fell into it. I grew up on a farm. Oh yeah, I was had relationships. (laughs) Yeah. Real farm girl. (laughs) Um, as an actress, I always had to care of myself. And mm-hmm. um, I dated a nutritionist for a while. So I was very passionate about food and health and nutrition. Mm-hmm. So I started coaching moms. And I said, I'm mm-hmm. a mom with a passion. I, did, I don't mm-hmm. have any certification. Mm-hmm. And then um, through the divorce, I looked at going to Columbia and getting a certification, mm-hmm. a, a degree,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and financially it was too much for me and the amount of time it would take was too much right, for me right. so i got into network marketing with a company called arbon oh, yeah. i love arbon, you know arbon health nutrition beauty all the things i care about mm-hmm. and i knew i could counsel families on how to feed their kids well mm-hmm. under that umbrella mm-hmm. let's talk about the body and skin and you know all of those things that are really important right so we go through my divorce i'm talking to my own healers mm-hmm. and they're saying What do you love about acting? I say, I love the human condition. Mm. I love expressing it. What do you love about Arbon? I said, I really love helping people shift their mindset. Mm. Like understand that they're worthy of looking beautiful. They're worthy of making money. Mm. How do we do that? How do we make that a practice? Mm -hmm. And then she said, you need to become a life coach. Uh. And in the middle of the divorce experience, I really wanted to help people going through this process because Mm. I couldn't find anyone to really understand my pain, to Uh. really understand the, the shame and the disappointment, especially because now this was my second divorce, you know, this was not funny anymore. Mm.
0: So what was the biggest surprise in the divorce process for you?
2: Um, let me finish my other little bit quick, quick, and then we'll go go go. back to that one. I promise. So during my life coaching certification, one of my instructors said, there's a divorce coaching certification.
1: Uh, okay.
2: And so once I realized that they were preparing me to do everything I, re- I wanted to do with people, okay, I said, yes, I'm in. Okay. So that's how that happened. So gotcha. what was the biggest surprise that happened during the divorce? Mm. I think the hardest part is the emotionality. Mm. I think the hardest part is... Um, sort of, I, th- I guess there are many things. One is, how could I love this person? Mm. That whole shift, mm-hmm. even if you're still loving on the other person, you may mm. no longer be in love, and you certainly may not like the behavior that led to a divorce, right. either their behavior or your own behavior. Right, And you certainly... I don't know anybody who enjoys the divorce no. process. I, I've never met anyone. I don't even think the attorneys really like the experience. No. It's just a, it's a painful process, right? And then the the emotionality you're in reaction. Mm. So why I wanted to become a divorce coach was to help my clients tether that emotionality, mm. so that they could have a place to contain it mm. and still move on with their life. Mm. Because in in the emotionality when what I call the spinning when people start spinning emotionality creates emotional decisions and emotional decisions are expensive
1: decisions
2: (laughs) so let's let's contain that and let's use our higher authority to do the right thing to do the best thing Thing.
0: right Uh, i've heard it said many times that like when we become more emotional our intellect goes down. It's true. And that when we bring our emotions down, then our intellect goes up so that we can make a more intellectual, quote unquote, decision.
2: Yeah. More pragmatic.
0: Yeah, more pragmatic. A higher Absolutely.
2: authority. When we get into emotionality, we are in our reptilian brain. Right. So we're in the right. flight, fright, or freeze.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Flight, Fight or freeze? Freeze. There we go. (laughs) I'll get that right one of these days. Anyway, so of course that reptilian brain doesn't serve us if we're trying to think about a parenting plan or how to negotiate a deal or make the best economic decisions. It's not going to help.
0: No, 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 no. I'm curious because I've just seen in in friends that I've known that gotten divorced that they've found that the person on the other side of the table um, really became a different person in the divorce process now that's very common why do you think that is
2: i think we see what we want to see Mm. so i think on an intuitive level anyone i know that have I, i i've never done a scientific study on this but anecdotally you know who the person is Right. Right. The right. top five reasons women file for divorce are all things that can be seen during the dating process. Mm. Are there addictions? Are they emotionally abusive? Right. Do they physically right. abuse? Right. Um, there's a couple others. I'm, those were the biggies that stuck out for me. When mm. men.
0: Are they narcissists? <laughs>
2: well, narcissism has to do with, you know, are they emotionally abusive? Are they right. physically abusive? You know, right. narcissism right. is pretty keen to see if you if you recognize the signs. Yes. Yeah. So. um And then with men, they might just file for divorce when a marriage is simply not working. A relationship is just not working. Mm -hmm. Um, Infidelity. Are they cheaters? I mean, most cheaters don't just start once they get a wedding band. Most cheaters cheat. Cheaters Uh, cheat. Liars uh, lie. It doesn't just start with a wedding band, typically. So these are things that one can see during the dating process. So taking responsibility for filtering you And we think our own narcissism is that we can change somebody. Yes. So my attorney said something really important to me that stuck, really stuck. He said, your experience of divorce is who the person really is. And that's what you've been married to.
1: Oh, So,
2: you know, and you pick the kind of attorney that you really are. Mm. So how, uh. when, of course, the person across the table is a different person because you're like, Oh, I mean, I used to sit across the table and go, wow, that's what I was trying to contain? That's what I was, that's the energy that was sucking me dry in my marriage? I was like, Mm. oh, wow. It was fascinating to see objectively what I'd been dealing with. Hmm. My own Hmm. personal take on it.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. It just amazes me because like I knew this couple of friends uh, uh, of of my wife and and, uh, the woman was like an ex-co-worker of hers and she had been married, they had two kids together and they'd been married a long time and then the the, the husband found another woman, decided he wanted to divorce, everything else and then the divorce process was so nasty. I mean, you know, just the lies and innuendos and and just the mean-spiritedness and I mean, really like... This, this this man who I didn't really know him that well, but I mean, he seemed like an okay guy, but like what we heard afterwards was so horrible. And then my wife found out from her friend afterwards that he, during the marriage, like he did some really weird stuff that it was like, I, and then I end up scratching my head going, how did she stay married to him that long?
2: Well, those are tough decisions for women because... Yeah. You know, I as know. much as we want to say that women have become a, a force to be reckoned with in the marketplace, divorce is, yeah. it's not, um, it's marriage not is, for anybody. well, marriage is all about economic stability for, oh. because uh, there are women who are certainly big earners mm-hmm. today, mm-hmm. but realistically and across mm-hmm. the board, men still earn more money. They're mm-hmm. still the provider. Yeah. yeah. And So, so economically there may be women who are the breadwinners and I know I have friends who've had to pay alimony or maintenance to their, Mm -hmm. um, male spouses, Mm -hmm. um, in a, um, heterosexual relationship and and the dominating force of female male energy and, um, homosexual relationships. They sort of mirror a lot of this. Oh, absolutely. So, um, but the, I talk about it like this. Women are encoded to create life mm. to create a home.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Men are encoded to provide and protect. Right. So when a female chooses to marry,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and the male is the provider and the protector, mm-hmm. she's created children, right, a home. home. Even if she's working, that's the right. big problem with women working and doing everything, yes. right? They yes. they're like doing so much. Right. But when it comes down to their intimate relationship, Mm -hmm. there are those energies happening somebody is the provider right somebody is creating life and and it might be the woman doing all of it right another reason to be exhausted and burnt out in a marriage right absolutely so when the divorce happens uh, when she's deciding because typically female the female typically serves first
1: uh okay
2: um it's a huge decision yeah. Because she's giving up economic security, she's giving up a home for her children. Mm. She's deciding economically unless she's working, and a, and a, still a lot of women don't work. Mm-hmm. Some women do, but not all women. Right. Um, yeah. She's giving up. She's got to go back to work. She's got to yeah. raise her family. She's got to yeah. economically. Both people are going to take a financial hit. It,
1: yes. Yes.
2: You know these are huge decisions, and so it, they take years. Yeah. years to decide this isn't working now. What do I do? Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't surprise me in your, your tale here that mm-hmm. he was misbehaving in the marriage.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, we have a high tolerance for misbehavior because of fear. Mm. And, yeah. and at a certain point, I think it's, I think when the, I, I kind of sort of say the the human beings journey at a certain point we wake up and we go how much more of this can I tolerate yeah my life is I I always say this life is too long to be miserable
1: <laughs> yes so yes, how much more
2: there. are you going to be ignored how many more right. times are you going to question fidelity how many more times is your trust going to be broken
1: right
2: how many more lies can you stomach how many more how much more can you and what are you showing your children that's right. always the big one for our, the what kind of example are you? What setting? are you setting for your children? Because we know that this is a generational experience.
0: Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Cool. Um. Wow, great stuff. Thank you so much, Laura. All right. We're going to take another quick break. When we come back, I, I want to start diving into this idea of creating a new identity. Okay. We've gotten through the messy part. Now what? Okay. Now what? Now what? So everybody, stay tuned, and you'll hear all about now what. And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, talking all about this uh, rite of passage, you call it, known as divorce, Laura. So um, you gave this wonderful analogy before about the orange, right? You cut it in half and then you squeeze it. And now it's something completely different. It's not, not an orange. Why is it so important to really create a new identity or or, or it's not even so important but I mean it's just a fact right that you end up creating a new identity after you had this identity as a quote-unquote married person that now is not a quote-unquote married person
2: it's important so that you don't marry the same person again
1: Hmm. so okay
2: energetically we get so entwined with the person we're most intimate with right Physiologically, energetically, right. heart, respiration, thinking patterns. Um, mm. I think it's even the heart, the rhythm. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. just right. so much that gets entwined. Mm. And it takes a really long time for us to separate. We change all of our cells in seven years.
1: Right.
0: Have a totally different body.
2: Have a totally different body. So until the seventh year after being intimate with your partner Hmm. on a cellular level, they're with you energetically.
0: Oh, interesting. I never thought of
1: it that way.
2: Yeah, most people don't talk about it that way because I'm not sure scientifically we can prove it, though I think many, your people could totally prove
1: it. Yeah. (laughs) So let's not, you know,
2: I'm not going to argue. I know the seventh year, there was an enormous shift Wow. for me. When I was really conscious of the fact that I was approaching the seventh year mark and I got through it and I was like, I'm a different person. Uh, uh. And the, the reason why we want to do our work
1: mm-hmm. is
2: so that on an energetic level, we don't attract what's familiar
1: Mm, yeah. So if okay.
2: mom or dad were narcissistic, right. we typically will attract narcissists in our life. It's a very right. familiar way of dancing for right. their attention. right? So they might be our boss. They might be our best friend. They might be somebody on a, a coach a teacher, somebody mm-hmm. that we connect with because we know how to do that dance. Right,
1: right.
0: yeah, it's familiar. Like Very said,
2: familiar. familiar, we know that pattern. That that's, keeps us and in that our- that feels comfortable. Comfortable, it's our comfort yeah. zone. We know yeah. what that's like. So then, of course, I say of course because of course you're going to probably marry somebody with pretty high, if not, totally high narcissistic and this example, narcissism, right? Right. Other examples might be an alcoholic,
1: you know, there might be
2: other patterns that we pick up, right? Absolutely. So, um, if you're attracted to a narcissist from childhood, um, chances are when you divorce a narcissist Mm -hmm. and you're going to find somebody who's just as controlling or manipulative or, um, as charismatic and charming, but right. still you feel slimed. You know, yeah. you just kind of feel slimed when you're with them. Right. So there's a lot of time and attention that has to be put into understanding how, um, how the, the person operates mm-hmm. and what is going on in their life. So I'm a big encourager of dating hiatuses. Ah. and, no, Nobody wants to do that after divorce because typically right. the intimacy has waned.
0: Yes, for a while. For
2: a while. Or maybe it was great sex. So, yeah. you know, but men need to prove themselves and women right. are frightened. Right. So, you know, as an adult going through divorce more than once, right. I've nursed five men through divorces. Ooh. I know that there's no cookie at the end of it for me. Oh, wow. And I've talked to many men. Again, we got to go back to the statistics. Right. 75% of all second marriages end in divorce. That means (laughs) you picked up the same person.
1: Right.
2: And, you know, I'll make a joke with a man that he's been dating a woman for two or three years as he went through his divorce. And now he thinks, I got to marry her. (laughs)
1: oh oh she's expecting a ring
0: uh-oh uh-oh uh-oh
2: so you know there's a lot of getting straight with yourself Mm. at the end of the day it's you and you yes and that's a important moment
0: And, and we really don't like spending time with just ourselves it 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 amazes me how in one way it's the ultimate act of self care. Yes. It really is. Because we do so much, we're so distracted, we're doing so much with other people for other people that we don't really take time for ourselves. But then when we do just take time to be with ourselves, it's so uncomfortable we're like, let me call somebody, let me do something. I gotta distract. You, yeah, you gotta distract yourself.
2: But with divorce, so often what we're uncomfortable with is the pain the shame, the loss right. of love, the loneliness in the marriage, never right. mind outside the marriage,
1: right.
2: the being taken for granted, the lack of respect, right. that w- what we're looking at is it's not just being comfortable with ourselves, it's actually healing yeah. and accepting who we are so that we can be comfortable in our own skin.
1: Right. Right. And
2: then we can go attract somebody who hopefully is comfortable in their own skin <laughs> because I have to tell you I'm not interested in any more manipulation or control. Right. I'm not interested in dating any more liars.
0: Right. Right.
2: I'm not interested in bringing those people into my children's lives.
0: And, and the thing is it's not that we're just experiencing these things for the first time in the divorce it's just the divorce kind of highlights or shines a light on these things that we've been experiencing for the last several years don't probably. we
2: don't we talk about the lessons from i think that aa says something along the line or in your community you might say the universe gives you lessons and it takes about five before it's really, really loud.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. Like first it's, it's like stubbing your toe yeah. and then it's like spraining an ankle and then like getting slapped right. and then eventually you end up with a heart attack. Yeah,
2: something like that. It's yeah. a big, it's a big lesson. So is it the first time you've seen it? No. Is it, is it really in black and white during a divorce? Is it, or in relief? Are you really seeing the moments for what they are? You're beginning to. Yeah. You're beginning to recognize the patterns.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. What about on sort of the opposite side of the scale? You know, I think so many women and, and men, too, have heard so many horror stories about the divorce. It makes them kind of shy to get married, doesn't it?
2: Yes. And I'm so glad you brought that up because I'm working with a New York City psychologist and we're putting together a workshop. Oh, yeah? And... It was, when I tell people I'm a divorce coach, mm-hmm. typically they go, oh, I'm too afraid to get married. And I'm like, <laughs> no, no, I don't blame you. You know, I get it. It ain't pretty. So I was approached by um, three or four young men, mm-hmm. early 30s, successful New York City working men, mm-hmm. who asked me to talk about what I'm calling premarital jitters. Mm. And the reason why this was so intriguing for me is, unless one is really steeped in a religious practice
1: Mm -hmm.
2: almost to the point of orthodoxy
1: Mm -hmm.
2: we don't get taught about marriage we're not we're it's by default yes we we get we model our parents marriages or we imagine something like you know 27 dresses the movie or Mm. you know disney or prince charming and there's so many...
0: Or in my case, Fiddler on the
1: Roof. Fiddler <laughs> on the Roof, there you go. So unless
2: you're really walked through by the elders, right. how do you know how to be married?
1: Right, exactly.
2: So how do you know to be in partnership? What is? It? And then today, partnership has changed hugely. Oh. We talked about women working, we talked about sure. the economic differences, but also the roles of men, the yeah. male energy in our communities. Yeah. Um uh, it, 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 marriage is sort of like, you know, everyone's throwing everything to the wall and we're seeing what sticks, right? Right. So my intention is to put marriage, the concept of marriage into a secular conversation mm. away from what we have to coach it in the context of the history of it because right. it, there's a huge history to marriage, right. the institution. Right. But then how does somebody who's 35 and mm-hmm. thinks they want to get married, mm-hmm. how does he imagine what, That looks like Mm. how does he get comfortable talking about things that need to be discussed? Mm. How does he date knowing what he would like to have? How Mm. does he have the confidence to know that he gets to literally disassociate from his hormones Mm. and really choose the partner Mm. that he wants to spend his life with? Because even though in this day and age with so much divorce, Mm -hmm. we don't marry with the idea that we're going to
1: get no, divorced no no no
2: we still marry publicly until death do us part
1: right, right even
2: those with a prenup right they just want to make that experience less difficult less right, painful
0: right, right and i'm just wondering if that's uh, if in modern times if maybe that expectation shouldn't change in in uh Philip K. Dick, who's one of my favorite science fiction authors, and one of his stories, and this wasn't like the main thrust of the story, it's just a little side thing, but like in this future he imagined that marriages were only seven-year contracts Mm -hmm. and that you had to actively renew it or at the end of the seven-year contract that was it.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: So in Germany, Mm -hmm. as I understand it, there were seven-year contracts.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah.
2: So now the, the great thing about having a, to put the idea of marriage in a secular conversation is when you get married, you get to make that agreement. Right. And there isn't an issue about the agreement. The marriage, the marriage is between two people. Right. They're the ones in the relationship. Your marriage mm-hmm. is different than mine, is different right. than you know, your neighbor's. Right. But those agreements have to be clear and understood. Right. And when we marry and we play by different rules, mm-hmm. we have a different game, mm. there's no agreement. And that's where we call it manipulation and control because there's an unequal idea of what's going on. So the beautiful thing about, um, talking to these young people and right now the guys go first and then we're going to shift it to the girls (laughs) is, uh, they have so much freedom to design what they want. And it's Mm -hmm. really about getting comfortable Discussing the agreements. Mm. And that includes aging.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That includes what happens after childbirth, right. after right. menopause, after right. uh, the male version of that. I forget that term. Anyway, um, what happens as we get older? Mm-hmm. What does that look like and how do we plan for it financially, emotionally? There are plenty of marriages that are open marriages. Yes, There's no argument about that. Right. But what's the agreement?
1: Right. Right.
0: Right.
2: What are the rules and what happens when those rules don't get followed? Right. Those are the conversations. Right. You know, there's nothing right or wrong about your agreement or my agreement.
1: Right. It's just, it's just you
2: got to play the same game with your partner. Right.
0: Right. You got to know you, you got to be clear about what the expectations are and and what constitutes being "quote unquote faithful to the rules."
2: To the rules of your marriage
0: that you understand. Right.
2: And right. that's not that's not necessarily a religious Right tenant
0: it doesn't have to be it
2: doesn't have to be in this day and age
0: right
2: i say we have enormous freedom today to get married the way we want then we now have a responsibility to find the partner that can build that relationship with us right
0: wonderful wonderful It's great. I'm loving this. Um, Unfortunately, it's time for us to take, believe it or not, our last commercial break of the hour. So, everybody, please stay tuned. When we come back, we'll talk, uh, we'll just kind of wrap things up and we'll let you know how you can get in touch with Laura. So, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour. We'll be right back.
3: You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and storytelling? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your brand new radio host on talkradio.nyc. I've been professionally writing and drawing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for over 15 years. Catch my new show, Secrets of the Sire, Fridays at 11 a.m. and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com right now. talkingalternative.com
0: Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. My guest this hour has been Laura Bonarigo, an amazing certified life coach and certified divorce coach, and and it's really been a pleasure having you here in studio. And and my first Periscope interview, (laughs) yay, yes, go follow, um, you can see the Periscope video at Sam Leibowitz, S-A-M-L-I-E-B-O-W-I-T-Z. We've been talking about like so many different things. And and in our last segment, it was great kind of talking about how things are really different today than they than they've ever been. Have you noticed that there's a tendency now to wait longer to get married or people marrying later in life or, or or people just not getting married or saying, like, why should I buy? Like I knew this, this guy who once who had been with this woman for. 17 years and they never got married they just lived together and they were like what? it's working great why should we mess it up
2: yes the statistics show us that people are cohabitating more now and we've sort of lost that taboo around mm. out of wedlock um, intimacy and right, you know right. living with the opposite sex or with a lover um, without marriage uh, yeah that taboo has been lifted in our culture but they have also found that um, it, it's actually different when you th- go through the public ceremony, mm. that it enriches and deepens the experience, the commitment. I'm trying to verbalize this. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sort of stumbling here. The institution is incredibly powerful.
0: Right. And it, it's a whole archetype, too. So that when you live into the archetype, you have all that energy of, you know, centuries of people yes. getting married.
2: Yes. There's a real wisdom behind the experience.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Communities, our government, um, I'm sorry to say, but we are a government that supports marriage as an right. institution. We don't support cohabitation. Right. Um, our insurance, our, right. you know, our laws They are about marriage. It's the history of our culture, if you will. So, and then as a community, we accept people cohabitating but i can't tell you how many times you hear the story of the great aunt you know martha giving out cash but if they're cohabitating they get the singles amount of cash and if they're (laughs) married they get the married amount of cash so there's a big difference we we kind of think that we're really cool and we don't have to do it but there is a distinct difference between cohabitation and getting married and unfortunately Mm -hmm. Just because you've cohabitated for one year, two years, seven, ten years, Mm. statistically, there's no guarantee of marriage. Mm. And more and more women think, I'll cohabitate. But the studies have shown that if you actually wait to cohabitate until the wedding date has been set, Mm -hmm. there's a higher likelihood of marriage happening with cohabitation than not. Oh, And women want to cohabitate because they want children. Right, right. We are driven, right. biologically driven. And there's a big tug of war that's going on in this generation about yeah. what that looks like. Right. And my argument, of course, is when you've seen the marriages you've seen, of course, you don't want to get married,
1: <laughs> so don't
2: do it by default.
1: <laughs> right? Figure it right. out. Right?
2: Figure right. out what you want. Imagine what you want, and work with someone like me, and right. and create the marriage you want. Right. Create. Work with a marriage counselor. Work with a life coach. Figure mm-hmm. it out for mm-hmm. yourself. Work with your priest, your rabbi. Work right. with somebody. Whoever is your
0: your shaman. Doesn't your matter. shaman. Work with
2: your shaman and figure out what you want your marriage to be, so that when you go out and date, you can start. Disassociating from the hormonal hit mm. and figuring out who you want as a partner mm. who's going to have your back, who's going to have your spiritual well-being, who's going to be generous right. with your spirit, who's going to have your best interests at heart
0: right. for
2: right. the good of the team.
0: Right, right. Y- you know, it's so interesting how often when I hear couples having trouble and they, like, are picking on each other and I was like, I thought this was a partnership. Yet you can even just tell in the language how it's not a partnership. It's just two individuals kind of being together.
2: Well, I, we always have to be careful with that, Sam, because for them, that might be their agreement that works.
0: Uh, this is true.
2: Right. Is so true. I am always careful about that. It's when it doesn't work. I'm not. Look, I wouldn't. I would probably look at it projecting my ideas that that doesn't work also. Yeah, yeah, right. But I'm not going to assume that it doesn't work.
1: Right,
0: right. I gotcha. I you gotcha. know, there yeah. people
2: stay together for all sorts of reasons.
0: Right, right, right. And hopefully, if they work with someone like you, who's a life coach and and who has had the experience to go through it, they can we can sort of come to things more consciously. Right, this is what my show is about: raising consciousness, come to this just the relationship more consciously, so that when you do make that choice, that big step to say, okay, yeah, we're going to get married. That. That it's done in a manner that, as you say, is not by default, that is is really uh, giving a lot more forethought to the issues that are going to arise from being together for a long period of time. Because I, th- I have a feeling that's probably what sort of surprises people most in a marriage is... Is when you've been in a marriage for a longer time, how things shift and change, right? I mean, I know for yeah. myself, I've been married to my wife almost thirteen years, and our relationship today is very different than it was when we first got married. And there've been bumps along the way because we were different people along the way too.
3: Yes,
2: right. And and what does that look like? And then if it doesn't work, right. how do you how do you rise to your highest authority? Mm. so that if it doesn't work, if the marriage has to end, because, you know, I hate the cliche, we've grown apart. Mm -hmm. You know, I just feel that's a cop-out.
1: Yeah,
2: Um, You're supposed to grow together or grow individually for the greatest good of both, but whatever. You know, that's probably still my fantasy. But um, (laughs) if it doesn't work out, then having somebody to ground you i use the word tether you to your highest authority Mm. because out in the world people are antagonistic and they're aggressive and it's easily it's easy for friends and family to take sides and you know to um fuel the fire fuel the trigger the anger and the aggressiveness and always the attorneys are the only ones who win and trust me they don't really win either
1: (laughs) they don't like being around that energy
2: anymore i know a lot of matrimonial attorneys and it's Uh, hard to be around aggressive angry revengeful Uh, humans it's tough energy to be around
0: right right, regardless of the situation right so
2: you know i always i always caution people to be careful of whom you speak to about Mm, this because they get triggered and then they call the attorneys and the attorneys are billing at you know Ridiculous. outrageous amounts yeah. of money and you start telling the divorce story again and you start arguing your piece and you go you know the attorney's just kind of going i can't get paid to do this mm. you know i'm okay i can go down that road but i don't really think it's the best, best i choice right. to go down that road right, right. so it's important to be careful about who with whom you speak
0: right absolutely absolutely Laura, it's been wonderful having you on the show. Um, if people want to get in touch with you, how do they find you? You mentioned the workshop coming up. Do you want to let people know about right. that?
2: Right. So, um, right now, you've caught me like three weeks before my website will go live. <laughs> nah.
0: Well, this so, will be up on the on the web on our website great. for a long time, so you can still give it out. Super,
2: super. So it's it's Um uh, Right now, if they go to that url it's going to be about my acting which is right. great but it's a little old right. we're going to change that in the, in the next four weeks let's be generous give my tech guys a little time
0: okay so, so in the so next in month april sometime
2: april but i'm on facebook as okay. laura monarigo
0: okay we might you spell your last name yes just for our audience
1: listening
2: so um b as in boy o n as in nancy a r r i g as in george o bonarigo okay great. and um they can find me on Facebook mm-hmm. um, and, you know, there they will find me if they mm-hmm. want to work with me or hear more about me. Right now, the workshop is private because oh, okay. um, and unless you're in New York City, it is um, an intimate setting right mm-hmm. now. But I'm hoping that the guys like it. and We mm-hmm. work out all the kinks mm-hmm. and hopefully in the next six to, you know, eight months, it'll be able to go. I'll be able to travel with it. <laughs> we'll see. All right. All so right. there's a lot of things in the works.
0: And you, uh, and just so the audience knows, you work with clients all over the place, virtually, not not just people here in New York yes, City. Yes,
2: yes, yes, yes. In fact, um, I'm on several. Uh, I'm on coaching lists. If you Google Laura Bonarigo, mm-hmm. you're going to find me. Okay. Um So, I work with clients all over the world. We have mm. this amazing technology called the internet. Yeah. So, we have the Skype or right. um Zoom platform, telephone, uh I've even coached people FaceTime and okay. um cool. all over. Absolutely. Wonderful.
0: Wonderful. Well, Laura, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure having you here in studio. And thank you for being my first Periscope (laughs) interview. Thank you.
2: Such a great pleasure. Thank you so much.
0: And thank you for all my listeners for for tuning in. And uh, please remember, this is my new time slot. Thursdays, 12 noon Eastern time to 1 p.m. Thank you for listening. And uh, don't forget, tune in tomorrow for our Friday shows starting at 11 o'clock until 2 p.m. And I will be back next week.
3: This is Michael Dolce, your brand new radio host on talkradio.nyc. I've been professionally writing and drawing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for over 15 years. Catch my new show, Secrets of the Sire, Fridays at 11 a.m. and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com right now.
0: Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable
4: rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Talking Alternative. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day.
0: Talking Alternative. Are you on a path of consciousness or spirit? Is personal or spiritual empowerment important to you? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant.